My name is Phil Lightstone. I'm a general aviation pilot with over 2,100 hours in my logbook, flying almost every week with over 30 years experience in the technology and aviation industries. Well, we're here at Air Venture 2023 with a fascinating uh, individual and company, uh, Ronnie Plout, CEO and co-founder of a very cool uh, aircraft manufacturing company from Israel called Air. Um, Ronnie, welcome to the Plane Talk Cockpit. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Our pleasure. So it's uh, been quite the journey for you since... Uh, coming into air in yes, 2019 yeah 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 tell us a little bit about your journey so uh, first of all uh, the, the the main character of the story is Ken Rosen he's the founder of the company uh, the technological story is his uh, I joined first as an investor and then came on board as a co-founder and CEO we have an aspiration to to, to change the, the industry a little bit or to, to, to contribute from our side a little bit and to make aviation available for, for mere mortals. Okay, so normally a pilot is a very high-skilled person. Uh, you may say even a professional person. Uh, when you drive your car, you're a dude with a car. You're not a driver. A driver is a, is a professional driver, like a, a bus driver is a driver, or a truck driver. Racing car driver. A racing car driver, okay? But you, you and I, when we drive our car, we're just people with a car. And a pilot is always a pilot on the professional manner. And we are trying to break this paradigm using the advantages you have in eVTOL. It's, it's electric, it's multi, a multi-motor, so less dependent on the person and can rely a lot on technology. So completely autonomous? Um, no, we, we, we don't believe in autonomy in the air. Uh, not, I wouldn't say entirely, but, but it, it, we think it's, it's pushed into the future dr dramatically. Uh, we don't trust machines, unfortunately, by the way, uh, that's the first point, and and the FAA, for a good reason, we think, will push that late into the future. Uh, the second reason that it's not fun. I mean, who wants to drive a, an autonomous Porsche, right? You want to have fun. You want to feel the. You, you want the experience. So you uh, joined the company as an angel investor, and you're a little different than the average angel investor in that you're completely hands-on, getting your yeah. your fingers dirty. Uh, yeah, well, I, I had, I'm a CEO turned investor. Um, it's not about investing, it's about building companies and building things, uh, trying to make a change. Uh, for me, it's very interesting to build things that are uh, usable uh, by, by people, and a lot of them as much as possible. Uh, bringing value and you know, getting the thumbs up from customers uh, is a very unique experience. It's, it's a very strong feedback. Uh, you get an okay from the person you are designing for, and I am involved only in companies such as that. Such as that. Uh, frankly, I mean, I was looking after selling my company. I was looking for ways to have another one, uh, and the best way to do that is through investing and working with people. And Ken is is by all means the best choice I've ever made, and this is why I joined the team as a CEO also. So quite interesting. 15 months from paper to uh, a flying prototype weighing 1.1 tons. That's a massive accomplishment. Yeah, well, uh, it, it, it's a great feat. And I, I, 
you know, when you when you do it right and you do it with the right people and you do it with the right passion, uh, it can work. Of course, you need some funding, and we have funding, seed funding from uh, private investors. But the key point, I mean, we are not magicians. We didn't change anything in physics. Uh, we're just people with a lot of experience. Uh, we're we're very grateful to have a very a very homogenized team uh, that that we have assembled together. Uh, and works well. Uh, there is a great advantage in Israel. Advantage in Israel for the fact, um, you know, it's called startup nation for a reason. Uh, part of it is the army, by the way. I mean, everybody knows everybody. It's a very small country, uh, and uh, as a subset of the small country, you take the technological people, you get to a very, very small and unified group. Uh, and we all work together on various projects, uh, either personally or in organizations. So we share the past, we share, we share knowledge. So it's not a miracle, it's just a very, very efficient, efficient uh, team. And it must be quite an interesting in, environment to operate an organization. Just the inherent nature, the way that Israel was formed. Yeah. yeah. And really out of adversity. And of course with uh, you know, the, the whole reputation that, that the Israeli Army Air Force has had over uh, over the years, really bringing mm -hmm. air superiority to protect, yeah, and then using that genesis to re create cool, interesting technologies yes, that can correct. come forward to rest of world, yeah, and really providing something back to uh, to the world. Yeah, I mean, first of all, uh, we can learn a few things from, these, from, from the U.S., I think. Uh, you guys uh, went through the same thing. I mean, it's a convergence of a lot of people from many, many places. I think the, the, big, uh, the big difference in Israel is, is mainly the time. I mean, you guys are here for a couple of hundred years. Uh, we are less than 100, 70-something. And the world has progressed, so humanity learned. Uh, also, I think the distress that the, the Jewish people went under has a lot of contribution to that. Um, and the fact that the army is, is an actual army working and defending things on a daily basis. Uh, you know, fighter pilots in Israel are, are, are very, very good because they practice in real life on a daily basis, I would say. So fast forward to, um, to your new aircraft. It's uh, unique, I understand, in that it's going to be the first LSA certified as a Part 91 aircraft. Uh, yes, we, we think that um, if you look at the eVTOL Pi, uh, you have the, the single-seaters, which are Part 103, that are great. Uh, these are hobby or leisure uh, devices, very limited by weight because of the Part 103 limitations or regulations therefore limited by performance. I mean, you can fly so many minutes, probably 12, 15 minutes on a 254 pounds aircraft. Uh, all of the rest of the pack of eVTOLs are in the commercial space, 135. Uh, you have big companies there, uh, but as uh, sometimes I say, it's like jumping through 16 hoops at one go. Uh, you, need, you need the type, the type certification process done, you need the certification of the pilots, you need the airspace to be governed in, an, in a different way, uh, which is constructed of known things. I mean, there are, you, we have helicopters and winged aircraft. Uh, we don't have both in one. Uh, we think that the missing link is the personal angle. Uh, when you go personal, you can start by, uh, for example, releasing to the public experimental aircraft. Uh, 
the, cert the certification of the pilot is, is reduced dramatically. I mean, any commercial pilot requires 250 hours to start with and then getting to the 1,500 hours to start flying commercially. If you, if you want to be an Airbus 380 pilot, you start with a Cessna or a Piper. Uh, we, we, are that, we are that platform. So we are not only uh, enabling things in the sky for the public and the regulator to see and trust, we are also enabling, we see, as we see, the commercial guys to start service earlier. Well, and just to imagine what you're giving back through uh, the VTOL technology, the ability for myself yeah. to have um, an air in my driveway. I uh, live in northern Toronto, worked in downtown Toronto, commuted uh, 20 kilometers. It would take, in, uh, in the morning, an hour yeah. to, to do that 20 kilometers. And uh, by 5 p.m., 6 p.m., another hour and a half. With your eVTOL, and considering urban air mobility and how we transition, mm -hmm. let's call it shopping malls that have, yeah. are going a bit of by the wayside due to Amazon and yeah. other yeah. organizations. But just think about that ability to give back two and a half hours or two and a quarter hours yeah. back to well, the individual. I, I, uh, I see things differently a little bit about that. You don't do this in, in, in your home today because of a few reasons, and we, can solve, we cannot solve all of them, okay? We, we solve the noise problem, we solve the complexity problem, we solve the skill set problem, uh, we do not solve the regulation problem. I mean, people don't like heavy things flying in low altitude, altitude over their heads. So I, I don't see, you know, people say urban air mobility, we, we think it's a non-term, okay? I mean, you know, helicopters are not going into Manhattan since the 1970 crash of Pan Am, in, so, so, uh, and again, for a good reason. I mean, it, it's, it's condensed, uh, accidents tend to happen always, and when you have an accident in rural area in Texas, nobody gets hurt except for, the, except for you. Uh, if you drop something in your, in your, in your hometown near the mall, the, generally the, the, the ripple effect is horrendous, okay? So we think that you have to start where it's possible. And it's possible in rural areas. It doesn't mean you, you're not, you cannot go in near people. I mean, if you work in Florida and you have a 20 miles lag uh, to your office, and it's not in midtown, you know, downtown Miami, uh, you can do it. People are doing it today. But again, they're doing it with a, they need a very uh, high skill set as a pilot, if it's a helicopter, for example. And the noise level is, is very, very high on top of having very high maintenance costs and general costs. Uh, so we solve m most of the problems, we don't solve all, solve all of the problems, uh, and we're trying to contribute to the... Well, not yet. It's, uh, yeah. it's an evolutionary... Of course, of course. I mean, uh, the, again, this is a perception thing. Uh, Yogi Berra said once, you cannot it's very hard to make predictions, especially about the future. I don't know if things will fly into cities, uh, if I had to put my money on that, I would say no, but nobody knows. Uh, I think there is enough to, to do outside of dense areas. Sure, absolutely. My biggest challenge as a licensed pilot 
is uh, my driveway isn't 3,000 feet long. Yeah. And we're recently going through uh, a situation where the my airport that I fly out of 10-minute drive yeah. was sold and is getting closed down. Yeah, yeah. My next closest airport is another 45-minute uh, yeah. So, so in our drive. case, you can literally put it on your driveway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, the reason you don't do it today is mainly noise, frankly. Of course. Uh, there is a, a diversity of, of people say, I mean, statements about how quiet it is. It's very quiet, okay? People say 100 times quieter than a helicopter or 50 times quieter. If you have a neighbor with a Ford Raptor, he's noisier, okay? Or a Hummer. Yeah. Th this is how quiet it is. Now, on takeoff, it's, it's a little bit loud, but again, much, much, much less than a helicopter. So, without uh, disclosing any trade secrets, uh, what's on the horizon, excuse the pun, for, for air? First of all, we don't have any secrets. We're trying to be very open. We, we, inv we invite people to our offices. We're moving to the States soon, and we have, we, we'll, we have open house events every two to three months. We are going to continue flight testing the, the unit that we are flying currently uh, is a fully operational, full-scale, full-weight prototype, currently flying remotely, but we're going to start flying manned or piloted late, late this year or early next year. And our next step is simply having the mass production prototype, which is a, ma a manifestation of this uh, unit that we have now, only in mass production technologies and components and so forth. This should fly in the first half of next year, and then it's on to flight testing and, uh, and certification. Uh, Ronnie, I really appreciate you jumping into the Plane Talk cockpit. Any final words for the audience? We are looking for funding. Uh, we have over 700 uh, pre-orders or waiting lists. We have 350 or, or close to 400 Deposits. We stopped taking deposits because we, there, there are too many. So traction is not the issue. Certification, I think, after the last announcements uh, became less of an issue. Of course, the draft should become a rule, and we hope that this will happen next year. The FAA are very supportive of, of our uh, activities and steps. So if people would like to join the journey, changing the world, having the next EV in the sky, we're looking for investors. That's, the, that's, that's what, what I'm looking for. Thank you so much for being part of the Plain Talk uh, podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Plain Talk. If you have any ideas for a future Plain Talk episode, please go to the Contact Us page at plaintalk.ca and send in your idea. Don't forget to like us at plaintalk.ca, our Facebook and LinkedIn pages, and this podcast. And never stop living the dream.